Hi, I'm Shay, and welcome to Kombucha and Color. Kombucha and Color is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Shay Dyer, a yoga teacher and creative graphic designer, and Anna Marsh, a functional medicine practitioner and women's health coach with a love of all things health and fitness. This podcast is here to inspire women to embrace health and live life bright. You can find more about me, Shay, at shaydyer.com. You can find out more about me, Anna, at annamarshnutrition.co.uk. And each week we will be bringing you inspiring content for a healthier and happier mind, body, heart, and soul. Hi, it's Anna. Ever since I was a child, I wanted to study the power that food can have on our health. When I started practicing as a nutritional therapist a decade ago, I realized that what is just as important is the relationship that we have with food. This is very often a mirror for the relationship we have with ourselves. Through my own personal journey and health challenges, I was forced to dig deeper and understand things that go beyond just our physical bodies. I learned the importance of working with the whole person to create a balanced body, mind, heart, and soul. I'm now passionate about using my diverse toolbox to help women slow down, take better care of themselves, and ultimately cultivate a life which is a reflection of self-love. If you feel like this is speaking to you, I created a 43-page guide nine steps to love, nourish, and connect with your body to create an energized life with a happy heart and soul. You can download it for free and join my Grounded Goddess community for even more inspiration by visiting groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen steps. That's groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen steps, S-T-E-P-S. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the community. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kombucha and Color. Today, Shay and I are just catching up with ourselves, with life. Shay's just done her retreat. Where was it, Shay? It was in Guildford, so not too far from London, so quite easy to get to. Yeah, and I believe Warren did all the cooking. Yes, he did. Using his MasterChef Alicia's skills. Yes, and it was very well received on the retreat. But before we get into that, I just have to let the listeners have a visual (laughs) of what I'm seeing right now. Anna is sitting talking to me with her crystal crown on her head. I am indeed. If you can imagine Anna sitting with an array of crystals, like a crown, that she's sitting talking to me with this beautiful crystal crown. I'm going to take a little selfie of us while we're talking. Take a selfie. (laughs) And I think you can see on Anna's Instagram, she's got this crystal crown in some of her pictures. And I don't know if you've shared any of them yet, but you had a photo shoot. I have just crown. Now you're going to have to show people because it's quite a sight to behold, this crystal crown. Okay, we're taking a selfie. This is going to have to go on the on the Kombucha and Color podcast. <laughs> I'm not very good at taking selfies, so I've taken one, but okay. you know, I'll okay. take a photo of the screen as well. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So yeah, it was a really beautiful retreat experience that we had, and as Anna mentioned, Warren did all the cooking. He's always been wanting to kind of dip his toes into the food world, and he's obviously very talented at cooking and you know providing food and making it really delicious and homely and tummy hug kind of food and this was his chance to share it with people just beyond the family which is 
where he's been sharing his skills up to this point. And it was just so really well received by everybody. I think he underestimated how much work it would be in terms of you know, making all the food for breakfast and then straight away tidying up from breakfast and then straight away after that starting the prep for lunch and then tidying up from lunch and then starting the prep for dinner. Like it was quite a big task to prepare for that many people. But yeah, he really loved it. So it was a really beautiful thing for us to do it together. And like in my reflection on this retreating and this sort of business mind, I feel that in future Warren's part in our retreats is going to be much more than just the food aspect of it. I really feel like he's going to be much more of an integral part in terms of the healing process and what he can offer to people from that aspect over and above the food. Because I think that's, yeah, I just, I kind of have this feeling that he will be a much bigger part of the retreats in future but we'll see what comes as we roll out with some new stuff and he's doing path of love next week so i'm going to be very interested to see what comes from him and through him once he's finished with that process so it'll be very interesting i feel like we need to get warren on the show to interview him post path of love because we've obviously interviewed you post path of love and of course everybody's experience is unique because everybody has different things that they need to process, but he would probably be so shy, but we could definitely ask him if he would be willing to share. He would be so shy. Yes. And probably after path of love, maybe not. Exactly. That's exactly (laughs) what I was thinking. (laughs) So yeah, that's coming up soon for us, but yeah, it was just such a beautiful weekend. And I guess like there's a reflection part that always comes for me after these kinds of retreats and after these kinds of experiences that you hold space for people in a certain way. And certainly after these retreats, I definitely feel a very open-hearted space. And I've just been reflecting on my own actions and behaviors. And every single time I've come back from something like this, a retreat like this, something like this, my action is so much more purposeful. My action is so much more direct. It's decisive. It's, I know where I'm going. And this is very, very much aligned with who I'm supposed to be right now and my purpose and where I'm going in life and the work that I need to be doing and the work that is 100% aligned for me. Like I have no question in my heart, this is 100% the work I'm supposed to be doing. So it feels very aligning and it's just, it feels very good and like soul nourishing to be on this path and to know it within my body, not just something that's I'm thinking about in my head. So yeah, I can see like there's lots more avenues and lots more ways that this will open up in future. And just if I reflect on my understanding of the spiritual path and the spiritual journey, it is that a lot of it is about us recognizing our humanness. And I shared on Instagram or in a a blog post recently, like our humanity, our sense of humanness is our vehicle for our divinity. And in order for us to really feel that sense of divinity within us, that light within us is we have to go down. We have to dig down into our humanness, which is the shame, the guilt, the fear, the regret, all the stuff that is holding heavy in the body. We need to release that. We need to have a physical way to let it go. And we need to have a way that we can expose it and let it come to light. And once we do that, we feel the sense of we feel the sense of expansion. We feel the sense of lightness. We feel the sense of really just allowing ourselves to be 
without having all the stuff that's holding us down. And Deepak Chopra's actually got one of his four elements of living a really good and purposeful life is lightness of being. And I think that lightness of being is related so much to everything that happens on these retreats is like you arrive at this place of lightness of being when you can let go of some of the human conditions and recognize that you are just human and acknowledging the shadow sides of ourselves and acknowledging the sides that are less desirable and that we less want to put out into the world for friends and people that we know to see us in. It's not about just taking those things out and just labeling as all these faults and all these flaws that we have. And then we belittle ourselves for having those things. It's about letting those things be seen so that we can realize that actually we're just human. And it's like a very different energy of bringing them out to light and berating ourselves for having these faults and flaws versus bringing them out to light and recognizing that we're just human. It's like a very different energy. And when you can realize that, like there's light that comes from being able to break that down and to shatter that and to let that disseminate and to let it like run out the body. And it's just like, it's so amazing when we tap into this place of being human and how much lighter we feel and how much it changes us from the inside. And even this morning, I had a private client who I don't usually see on a Thursday. So I have two private clients this morning. I feel like it's only 11.35 and I feel like it's like 4 p.m. in the afternoon because (laughs) I've been working so much more before this podcast than I usually do. And it was just something that came to me in one of us in our session this morning. I said to her, I feel like you need to just have like a proper like little connection to your anger, to your frustration right now. And is it possible just to have a really voice breath out? Like let yourself like... Have this like opportunity to save space here just for us to have this time to just let this release from the body. And we did a few rounds of breath like this and we got a little bit more vocal and a little bit more getting into that sense of anger in the body and letting it process out and through the body. And I said to her like afterwards, like I can see a visible shift in her body and how she's responding. And I'm saying to you, you know, how does this feel on your chest? And she says, no, I just, I feel so much lighter. I feel like the sense of like something lifting and I can see her face starts to open up. I can feel this, like, it's almost like a light that's radiating from within, but the only way that you can get there is by going to the place that's a little bit darker or a little bit like less wanting to be seen or less wanting to come to light. And I think it's such a useful practice, but it requires so much vulnerability because often when we want to, or when we think about accessing those places within us, there's fear because if I bring this out within myself, I'm going to be judged, I'm going to be shamed, I'm going to not fit in, I'm not going to belong to the group, I'm going to have all this, you know, the ego, the mind gets involved and then it stops us from going there because of this feeling of being excluded from love and from people. But the truth is that when we can access that place, it allows everybody else around us to also access that place and then we recognize that we're all the same. So yeah, that's kind of what's been moving through me in my reflection on this idea and certainly what's been moving in some of the retreats and some of the space that I've been holding. But very interesting is that I'm running a workshop on the 9th of November with connection to intuition and connection to this place that's higher or bigger than ourselves. And that intuition place is the same place where all manifestation potentials exist. It's the same place where this abundance, this limitless love resides. It's all the same place. Creative intelligence lives there. It's the same thing, same energy, same space. All of that stuff exists in the same quantum field if you want to put some quantum into it. But in order to get there, we need to shake shit off the body. We need to shake shit out and we need to 
have that opportunity to release. And it's funny that, you know, you talked in the previous episode about when the body says no. And I just finished listening to that on Audible last few days ago or last week, can't remember. And when I finished listening to that, it was so interesting because it comes back down to repressed emotion and repressed anger as being a huge like driving force for creating an environment that is opportune for disease and dis-ease within the body. But then something at the end of the book, which he said, which triggered me very, in, and it will not trigger me, but create like this peak of interest and curiosity. He said, once he had like realized this and got to this core piece of letting go of some of the stuff that he'd been holding on to emotionally, he had this inspiration or this feeling like, I need to write, I need to write, I need to write, which is creative expression. And when you clear that stuff from the body, you tap into that field of creative inspiration, of intuition, of love, of living and leading from your heart. And so much of what I'm doing now overlaps with so many of these teachings and practices because they all time and time again say the same thing. Our ability to manifest is about our ability to be in that potential field, which is you know, letting go of the stuff and arriving back at that place where we in open hearted space. And it's just, it's so powerful that the more and more work I do, the more I'm like, oh, this is saying the same thing. Oh, this is saying the same thing. Oh, this is saying the same thing. And that I feel is honestly my work in this world is to help people get them to that place where they can see that potential within themselves. So, and that's certainly part of one of my workshop on the 9th of November is about tapping into intuition, but sometimes intuition can feel like, oh, it's like this woo-woo thing and it's this esoteric, I'm not really sure about it. But it really is just about letting yourself listen to your heart and letting yourself be in that open-hearted space so you can connect to that field of possibilities, that field of potential that exists for everybody. So yeah, that was just some verbal word diarrhea on you. (laughs) (laughs) I'll bring some structure back to it. So (laughs) what I actually wanted to loop back on is, so I can't remember if I said this in the previous episode we recorded or not, but me and Wayne Dyer, we've been hanging out a lot on YouTube lately together. The Dyers are good, aren't they? (laughs) The Dyers are awesome people. (laughs) Yeah. And so Wayne Dyer says, we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience, which I think really sums up very nicely what you said about this idea of we are this love and this light, but we are also very much in this human existence, having this very human experience. And one of my clients asked me this week on in my Grounded Goddess group program, we've got our weekly group calls and it was on one of the group calls. And she asked me a very, very important question, which she said, I don't know what it feels like to love myself. Like, what does it feel like to love myself? And I said to her, you know, there's, I'm not the guru, I'm not the expert. So this is just my opinion, but there's a difference between that universal love that we be, not something, not an action we have to take, something we have to do. There is a a universal love of being, which is that spirit part of us, which we can just feel. If you just sit in stillness and you open your heart, as you know, you've referred to, there is this universal love energy we can experience. But as human beings, to love yourself is a very, very different ball game, I think, because it comes back to this idea of what you said is shaking off the shit, which is to love yourself 
especially if you have been doing things which are maybe not as loving towards you as what they could be, it's actually a very uncomfortable process to go through because when you love yourself, all of a sudden you have to maybe put boundaries in place where there weren't boundaries before, which means maybe you have to let go of some of the people pleasing. And maybe it is a question of like tuning into the body. And when you get those feelings and sensation of intuition, and then if you're anything like me, you're like, oh, now I've actually got to act on this. And that's maybe doing something you don't want to do or doing something that requires courage or or doing something that you're afraid of or that can create uncertainty and vulnerability and risk and all of these delightful human (laughs) human experiences. So yeah, when it comes back to this humanness, I really do think that these life challenges are put in our place to help us love ourselves so that we can be more truthful, more authentically ourselves. But in order to access that truth and in order to access that authenticity inside of us, there's actually a lot of pain and challenge or what I like to refer to as growing pains. But that is what makes this human experience so rich and so beautiful is because we have this contrast between the pain and the pleasure and, you know, and the anger and the love and the peace and the calm and the uncertainty and the risk and all of these things, which just make up the rich tapestry of life. Mm -hmm. I love that. Each week we get incredible feedback about our episodes of Kombucha and Color. We know our show is touching, inspiring, and helping hundreds of women, and we would like to reach even more. Can you help? You can help other women find the inspiration that you have found if you head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. If you screenshot your review and share it on Instagram stories or your Instagram feed tagging myself, Anna, Shay, or kombucha and color will send you a wonderful restful yoga nidra practice to download so you can find some peace and calm in your day or a better night's sleep at night. Additionally, everyone who enters and leaves a review and shares it on Instagram will be put into a lucky prize draw to win a copy of my Beat the Bloat guide and Shay's yoga guide. You can love your body from the inside out with 174 pages, including over a hundred pages of recipes, which walk you through my 28 day digestive reset process. This is perfect if you want to reset your body, address any unwanted health symptoms, or support your skin, hormones, energy, and digestion. Shay's 173-page yoga guide includes 116 pages of detailed pose analysis. It will give you all the tools you need to teach yourself yoga so you can sequence, practice, and flow safely in your very own home. Remember, all you need to do is go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, screenshot the review, and share it on Instagram stories or your Instagram feed tagging myself, Anna underscore Marsh underscore nutrition, Shay at Indie Yoga Life, or Kombucha and Color, Kombucha underscore and underscore color. Head on over and do that right now before you forget, and then your yoga nidra practice will be on its way. 
a lady who came at the end of the retreat this weekend, I just asked for, you know, what are people taking away from this retreat and what was the experience like for them? And one woman just said, it just feels like I've given myself a massive hug this weekend, like an inner hug. And I was just like, this is the most beautiful thing. Like, isn't that what we want just to be able to sit and give ourselves a hug, give ourselves the sense of love. And I think what you're speaking to about that idea of the human part of us, finding that love for ourselves. And I agree, there's a difference between just sitting in that universal love versus the human side of us finding that love. And I think the human side of us finding that love is to share the things that feel shameful to us because, Mm. and that requires like so much vulnerability. And I think that when we can do that for ourselves, we take ownership of the guilt of the shame. It puts us in a massive place of power within ourselves and I think when we do that, it transforms our relationships with ourselves, obviously, and it transforms the relationship that we have with other people. So I'll give a little example of this, like from a personal perspective of you can either stay as the victim in a relationship or you can step into this power, but stepping into that power requires you to own the shame and share the shame and the guilt and whatever is feeling like it's not sitting well with you. So after the retreat on the Sunday evening, we got back home. And as you know, I've been having this like inner monologue around drinking and alcohol. And I'm like, oh, you know, like on the one hand, but the human part of me is like, oh, but I still do party. I do enjoy drinking a glass of wine and I love doing it like on the couch with wine. It's like really like, I love it. Like I do. But then the other part of me is like, oh, you so don't need this. And it's not from like, oh, you don't need this, but it's like, oh, I really just don't feel the, the need for this at all. And like, I have those very two equal parts of me. So anyway, after retreats and Warren obviously had worked the whole weekend and had like half an hour off, like literally the whole weekend. And he was like, well, let's celebrate. I've got this really nice bottle of wine. It was like a really nice, like delicious bottle of wine. And I was like, okay, I feel like consciously I want to make this decision. I'm going to have a glass of wine with Warren on the couch. And it was was some rugby game or something in the afternoon and Warren had decided to have beers in the afternoon and I went to go and fetch them for him because he'd been working all weekends so I massaged his feet and we did clay masks and it was really fun actually and then had this I bought him some beers in the afternoon and then we had this wine at dinner and well wine with dinner and I'd had two glasses of wine I was like okay I'm done thanks like I've had enough and the next and he opened some more wine and started drinking a lot more. And I was like, okay, no, I'm done. Thank you. Like I had set boundaries and I felt really good about it. Like I was like, this is where I am. And then that evening we we're getting to bed and I was like, oh, I've got such a long day tomorrow because I had a private client in the morning that's, or I had a new morning class that I'm starting that was from seven to eight. So I had to leave at six and or well, 6.30. And then I was only getting back probably around 10 because my last class finished at 9.35. So I was just like, oh, it's like a long day tomorrow. And Warren made a sighing sound like, oh, And immediately I interpreted that as, oh, he's like saying that it's not fair because he's the one who works all the time and he has these long working hours and I'm the one who's now complaining because I've got one long working day. That's kind of my long day. And I could feel as that interaction happened, he hadn't said any words. He just made a sigh and which is my mind interpreted it as one thing. I could feel the sense of retracting. And this is when we talk about this feeling of open hearted versus closed hearted, like that feeling of withdrawing into yourself and closing off and feeling like, I actually just rather disengage from this and just retreat and not say anything and go quiet. And that's the feeling of closing versus 
being able to stand in whatever it is that's come up and be open about it, be like not shutting yourself off from the situation. So anyway, I kind of went to bed quiet and could feel the sense of withdrawing. And even Warren said like, what's wrong? What's, and I was like, no, no, nothing. As you do when you withdraw is like, you don't stand in it. You just kind of withdraw. And the next day he had, I had left early, obviously, and he'd put a note in my bed saying, oh, I'm sorry. It's like my fault. And I'm sorry that I drank too much. And I'm sorry, all the stuff. And I think previously before doing this work and being able to own the shame, the guilt, all the stuff as part of this human experience, I would have stopped at that and been like, okay, I'm the victim now. And it's your fault that I'm feeling like this because I'm the victim and you're the person who's to blame because of your actions versus actually me owning that actually there's a little bit of guilt and there's a little bit of shame in me because I'm complaining about having this long day where really he does work long hours and it's his salary that affords me to be able to do some of the work that I do. It took massive, massive courage and vulnerability for me the next day to be like, actually, it's none of those things that you've mentioned. It's got nothing to do with drinking, nothing to do with anything that you've done. It's about me feeling this guilt and the shame in terms of this relationship and the financial kind of stability that your salary provides, even though it's not fulfilling your purpose, whereas I get to do the work that is so fulfilling to my purpose and to my soul. And, you know, to be able to, for me, at least to be able to step into that is massive because it's so much easier to stay in, well, I'm the victim because you've done this, or you stay in this hierarchy struggle within your relationship because you're not able to own your humanness and you're not able to share your pieces of shame within that relationship. And it takes trust to be able to do that. And, you know, as I shared that to him and, you know, we had that conversation about it in the days that followed, it was like, really, it draws you closer towards one another when you can share that in a space of trust. So if you have opportunity to be vulnerable, to share something that maybe feels like you want to just hold it close to your heart, you have to dig a little bit to get to Mm. that nugget because it's so layered. We don't want anybody to see it. We don't want to share it because it feels so close to our hearts. But when we can let that be out, it's like we're taking a little rock off our chest and placing it outside of our body. And we can feel that sense of lightness again, and that feeling of expansion again. So yeah, that's definitely been my practice over the last little while. And you know, it's something that you read in like Brene Brown's books is all about vulnerability. And so much of this work is about being vulnerable, being open. And Michael Singer's work is being open, but putting it into practice is like next level. It's like, sure, it's hard. It requires Mm. you to really step up into a sense of courage to do it. But the rewards on the other side are huge. And the incredible thing about courage is that very often we're like, I need the courage to do this. I need the courage to do this. But we can only embody courage by actually taking the action. So there's no courage until you're already in the arena, as Brene Brown would say, is that we have to step up and put ourselves in these vulnerable and uncomfortable positions. But as every time we do that, we strengthen something inside of us and we bring more of our truth to the surface and we bring more of our real self and our authenticity to the surface. And I think that is what really enables us to experience life because when we stay in these patterns, these behaviors, we ultimately just stay stuck. And I've been reading one of Osho's books at the moment. It's on courage. I can't remember the full title, but he just says, you know, if you're staying stuck, you might as well be dead. 
<laughs> which is quite like confronting, but he's just like, go where the uncertainty is. Because if you're certain, if you know everything, if you're just stuck, why not just be dead? Mm. Which is quite, just quite a powerful and confronting thought. That mm. it just, with that risk, you get the sweetness. Mm. You get that sweetness of fully experiencing everything that life has. Mm. Mm. I love that. Yeah. And it's amazing. Yeah. Carry on. You're going to say something. No, no, you go, you go. No, I was just reflecting on this piece of courage. Like, you know, sometimes we find courage through different ways. And it came up on the retreat now this last weekend about someone who's moving towards finding more courage within themselves. And, you know, we did a practice of, I had sort of like an asana lab workshop where we kind of workshopped and broke down different poses in more of like a workshop space rather than like an actual flow practice, which we had done in the morning. And I was just reflecting, she was working through courage and finding strength and finding courage within herself. And I'd given them some work to do on headstand prep. And I had been doing, we doing a little bit of crow before that. And I was near her trying to help with crow. And then as I moved away and I'd given some headstand prep from the other side of the room, I could just see her going up into headstand. And I was like, this is amazing. Like sometimes the courage comes through the body. Sometimes the courage comes through actions that we take at work. Sometimes the courage comes through speaking. Sometimes the courage comes through creative expression, whatever that looks like for you. But sometimes we have to find the courage, you know, asking for our needs to be met. Sometimes it's, you know, having just the ability to speak up for yourself. Like we have to be tuned into what it is that we're looking for so that we can recognize it in the different forms that it might arrive in. Mm. So, yeah. So I've been going through this, I guess, transition in my life right now. I, I really feel like this year for me has been the year of transformation and there's been so much happening, so much bubbling under the surface, so much shaking off of the shit and getting rid of the layers and all of that. And what has been really helpful for me has been, you know, friends just continuing to remind me like how brave you're being. And I know that we want to find that reassurance inside of ourselves, but then every now and again, it is really just great to hear it externally when we're reminded, like, actually, you know what, this is really courageous. This You are being really brave. So I think it's also really important to reflect and draw upon those times in your life where you have taken those brave actions, because sometimes we're like, oh no, I don't have the courage to do this or that, but to actually reflect and where in your life have you been brave? Where in your life have you been courageous? And because you do have that reference in your body for what it feels like. And I was also just thinking about what you said about the lady on your retreat who felt like she just had this massive hug. One of the things I did in my meditation this morning is I was just sitting on the floor in my living room and I imagined all the people who care about me, who've, I'm probably going to cry now, who supported me. Gosh. <laughs> It's welcome. Yeah, all these people who supported me over the past little while. Okay, we're going to have to edit this bit out. <laughs> and yeah, I just imagined all their faces, like you, Shay, and Colleen, and just various people who have really been amazing to me over the past year. Okay, really going to have to edit this out. <laughs> No, I think it's good. It's your soul speaking. Yeah. So I imagined all your faces and then I imagined you all sitting in a little circle 
around me, like in my room, you were all sitting in a circle around me in my meditation and everybody just came and they put their hands on my body and like on my shoulder, like where my shoulder was feeling a little bit sore because it was long meditation. I'd been sitting for a while. So like, I just imagine someone putting their hand on my shoulder and I could feel like where my hips were a little bit uncomfortable from sitting and then where my feet were numb and all these different places on my body where there was maybe you know, physical pain, but like also of my heart. And it was just really beautiful. Like just, you know, you can take yourself there at any time, just using the power of your mind and the power of thought and the power of energy and the power of your heart. mm, Like I really just, I gave myself this incredible hug this morning and you can all do it too. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry about the emotions, but as you can see, it was very special. Yeah, and I don't think you need to apologize for your emotions. Yeah, it's natural, it's human. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I didn't really know that was all going to come out today, <laughs> but it did. It did, and you probably feel probably a lot lighter that it's out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's still some things to move through. There's always stuff to move through. But know that I'm here to support you as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a really beautiful practice that you can do. So if you are feeling like this is something that connects to you or resonates with you, then take some time today to sit quietly. If you have the space, if you have the time and maybe just visualize or bring to mind those people that are really supportive to you, that feel like they hold you up, that whether they're near or far, that really hold space for you to just be who you are and maybe just visualize them in a circle around yourself as Anna mentioned and just let them be Hmm. yeah so I think that's a really good space to send people off and let them have some time to do some meditation for themselves Mm. is there anything else that you want to add no just thank you so much for listening everyone Mm. and we'll see you all again next week see you soon Bye. bye Thank you for listening to another episode of Kombucha and Color. If you have enjoyed or been inspired by our conversations today, please leave a five-star review on Stitcher or iTunes. Don't forget to share with friends and family. This will help other women find inspiration to live life bright. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Come find me, Shay, by searching Shay Dyer Yoga on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me, Anna, by searching Anna Marsh on Facebook or Instagram. And remember, you can always refer to the links in the show notes. See you next week. Hi, it's Shay here. Take a moment right now to reflect on how you measure a successful day for yourself. For a long time, I measured the success of my day based on the number of Instagram likes or followers I gained, the money I made, or the amount of love or praise I received. Whilst these are wonderful things to desire, Using them as a metric of success left me feeling really depleted. It was only after some honest soul searching that I've truly shifted my metrics so that now I define my success on whether I'm able to answer yes to the following three questions. Have I moved my body today? Have I breathed or sat in stillness today? Have I created something today? Move, breathe, create. When I focus on these as measures of a successful day, I am able to really slow down, get out of the busyness of my head, back into my body, and manifest things from a really authentic place. What's even crazier is that when I focus on these three things, all the other shiny pennies, the money, the praise, the followers, the likes, they all flow into my life with such ease 
as a result of me being in an energized, calm, creative, and aligned state. It's completely changed my outlook on life, and it's made me a much happier person. I really want to share all my tools with you so that you too can manifest the things you want in your life from this energized, calm, creative, and aligned state, and feel really happy whilst doing it. Come and join me at movebreathecreate.com, where you will find ways to energize your body and calm your mind, along with creative tutorials and techniques to get you into that creative, manifesting state. Most yoga studio monthly memberships cost upwards of £100 a month, and you can join me over at movebreathecreate.com, where you can find not only yoga practices and tutorials, but also workbook downloads, community, meditations, soul work, journal ideas, creative prompts, and inspiration, all for less than £10 a month. It's like your own personal yoga retreat space. Come connect back to your body, mind, and soul with me at movebreathecreate.com. I look forward to seeing you inside of the community.